Hello, Podnutsians out there, and welcome to another episode of Mini PC. It's episode 99, and this episode is brought to you by Tom O. Tom, thanks for supporting us. We really appreciate you. So how's it going, Dor? Uh, I'm going to say it's going okay. Uh, normal stresses, this is the time of year where if stuff can go south, it seems to go south. But with all that said, I will say I'm keeping very uh, active on my single board computing stuff and trying to remain positive. Well, you know, as far as being a Floridian, um, it was 58 degrees this morning. I, I thought, you know, there were police and fire departments were out, you know, saving all of these Floridians from, you know, freezing to death. Yeah, I can, I, I, I know here in the last 48 hours, the temperatures dropped at least 40 to 50 degrees where this morning I like had to explain to the children no, the jacket's not enough. No, the hoodie's not enough. Hang that up and go get an actual coat because it's actually like frost ridden cold. Yeah, I, I got plans to be outdoors on Saturday in kind of closer to the panhandle area. And it's going to be like 40, like high 40s. I'm like, crap, dude, are you allowed to drink beer and broadcast at the same time? I don't know, but I know I'm hearing a massive echo with you. Mm. Is it gone now? I really, I really do hope so. Um, the high temperature today is 32 degrees. So, yes, it's definitely cold here. I know the Hughes Compound Southern Command, it's like 75 degrees right now. No, the echo is still here. I, the only way I got an echo is it's picking up on my phone. So I think you're, I thought I had, yeah, it looks like I'm muted on that. Give me a couple of seconds here to say, and there you go. Okay. Um. I will say we have seen at least a little bit of activity in the uh, single board computing mini PC environment, but I don't know about you, Rich. Um, I don't want to say uh, a lot of the activity that I normally see is now drier, but I will say it does seem to be less overall activity, but more precise, poignant activity is the way that I'll put it. That's an interesting way of uh, commenting on it. Well, like one of the good things that I will say is Pine 64 people at least Ooh. try to put out m monthly updates, giving you at least information on how their current projects are facing. Um, the Pinebook Pro just re just released, uh, became public less than about a month and a half ago. Pine Phone, uh, aka Braveheart edition, is going to go on pre-order sale in less than I want to say 36 hours from the time we record this, the Pine Tab, they expect to be around Christmas time, I believe it was, pre-ordering. Uh, and, and then the Pine Time, the watch, is like first quarter of next year. So at least they're trying to be transparent wow. about their news. Wow. They are totally not effing around. Yeah, and I will say that not only are they being transparent about information, they are also, in my opinion, being very honest and transparent about pricing, where you have a lot of sleazy companies out there selling, like, for instance, smartwatches for four or $500. They're going to sell a smartwatch for $25. Uh, a lot of sleazy companies are selling phones for like $1,200, where their phone, they expect to be after Kickstarter, after pre-order to be 100 and I think it was $45, which I think both of them are extremely fair prices. I got my $200 smartwatch here. Actually, it's doing pretty good. 
Well, I'll say this, $200 for that I don't think is as much of a ripoff as I expected you to say because I figured for a Samsung watch would be at least 280 to 330 Yeah, I think this is like one model behind. It's like the Gear Frontier S3. Uh, if In the way I look at it, I do enjoy some features of it, not enough to spend more than 200 bucks on. And I look at it as if you're going to spend 200 bucks on a watch... Might as well get one. Uh, if you didn't plan on spending 200 bucks for a watch and expected something fantastic, eh, I'd save my money. Um, I like the notifications, sleep tracking. There, there's a couple of features on it, but again, it doesn't change my life. I was doing boot camp at the gym and answered a phone call while I was doing push-ups on it once. But I, it is nice to be able to flip your wrist when you get like a notification, whether it's email or so, social media, so you know, hey, was that a text from my wife? Do I need to reply immediately? Is it something on social media that I have to take care of immediately? Or the same thing about phone calls. Like, your phone's in your pocket, you look at your watch, you see who's calling, and you're like, uh, that's one of those spam callers, or it's a family member, and I gotta pick up. And you can answer it on the watch. So there's a couple of cool features, not life-changing, and definitely, let's circle back to Pine, how much is their watch going to be? Is it 50 bucks, 40 bucks? $25. <laughs> Get two. You know? I, and this is one of those things. I, I keep remembering what you've said. It, it sticks with me because I always thought about free software being free. And that's the wrong way to think about it. Maybe it's, I think it should be free to try. And if you really like what, what's going on, pay for it. You know, send some money their way because, um, if there's no way for somebody to make money on things, it's not going to be around. And that's the dorism that I've learned. Yeah, I mean, I'll say in the English language, I don't think we have enough words. We don't have enough correct words to explain everything. When we hear the word free, we, I think, at least as first world American, weird, Western, educated, industrialized, um, I can't remember what the R stands for, uh, democratic um, people. Uh, when we hear free, we instantly think money. Uh, when it comes to these free technologies, it's really more of you are free to do with them what you want, and you are free to use them or not use them if you want. Um, I really don't want to sound stupid, Rich. I hate saying that, but I'm going to try. I'm going to keep pushing forward. I want to say it was either 18 or two years before the launch of the Raspberry Pi. I said how many computers were going to change the world. Uh, now we have industries selling um, like tens of thousands of cube satellites to go up in the ecosystem to do all kinds of interesting things. We have all these mini computers in home appliance type things, whether it be Google Homes, Amazon, Alexas, the home pods or any other kind of things. And, and we have phones now with like literally 12 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage, able to do some really heavy, heavy, heavy lifting on them. Um, I truly believe that the Pine phone has the opportunity to be more successful and have more popularity and have a bigger ecosystem than the Raspberry Pi has. But unfortunately, I think it's going to take them at least two years to uh, make enough of them and ship them out. Uh, because I do think selling them at that price is going to enable 
uh, a lot of people with a hacker mentality to go kind of button up and be crazy. Yeah, if I look at a $25 price, I, I'm perfectly willing to break something like that open and do something cool with it or, or hack into the software. Well, that's the uh, watch. The watch is 25 bucks. The phone, I believe, launch price is going to be $100. I believe post-launch price is going to be, I think it was $125 compared to a $1,000 phone. Um, oh, idea, well, I can't uh, hold my phone up. $100 phone is, like, so easy. It, and so talking about phones, I, I'm i using my Note 8 just uh, for the video feed right now. And I've sworn I'm not buying another $1,000 phone. I'm done with that. It's not happening. And a buddy of mine called me today, and he said, Hey, how is the OnePlus? A, f- a friend recommended the OnePlus 7. And I I remember you talking good about that. You you still feel the same way? Um, I'll say OnePlus, they've slowly inched up in price a lot, is what I'll say. Yeah, it's six and change. The OnePlus Seven—I don't know if there's a Seven Pro or Seven whatever, but it's about six and change. Yeah, there's the Seven and the Seven Pro. If you really have too much money as an individual, which, to be honest, in America, I think that's more popular than people want to admit to. Then yes, go get the Seven Pro, and the rest of the world's economy will thank you. Uh, for the normal folk with less money, I say the Six or the Six T. Is mm-hmm. a perfectly acceptable phone. Uh, even the specs for a phone 18 months old from that company rivals what a lot of other companies are able to put out today. So if you have enough money, I say go for the 7. You don't. Nobody needs the 7 Pro. But if you are at all price conscious, if you go with the 6T, you will be incredibly happy for how much money you spend. Because I want to say that's still around 290 to 330 so the only thing I was surprised with the seven is there's no wireless charging. Well, wireless charging on average is less than forty percent the speed of normal charging. Uh, so I don't understand why people like it. Um, um, I will say wireless charging has been proven over the last six years to degrade battery life faster than fast charging. Not only that, but if you do not have the device set squarely perfectly on top of the wireless charging device, the actual use it to cook that my can come out of it can actually t- uh, shorten the lifespan of your device as well. I, but I wireless charge and I put popcorn on top of my phone and I cook popcorn at the same time. I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not a fan of popcorn. The kernels all get in your teeth and it's really hard to get out. Yeah, I, I do notice that my phone gets hot when it's on the wireless charger, and I'm not appreciative of that, and I know that's not good for the battery or the electronics. Well, I'll say if you get it perfectly on the charger, which I the only time I like wireless charging is if you have the actual like car mount wireless, because then you are absolutely assured that you are perfectly on top of that spot. Any other wireless charger I'm a little afraid of using just because of the heat that can come out of it. And I will take a quick break to say, uh, we actually do have a new Patreon supporter. Uh, Not trying to insult Tomo. Tomo, thank you for all your support. But uh, as of 11.4, we have um, Jonas as a new uh, supporter. So I definitely want to say thank you to uh, Jonas. Is this the Jonas we all know and love from uh, Hawaii? Uh, The Hawaiian that knows more about 3D printing and making than I think a huge amount of the people, yes. And Jonas is a really good guy. 
Oh yeah, super nice guy. Someday I'll have to visit. I would love to, but you know, I'm gonna, you know, wait until the wife won't kill me. Dor, can we go together? Can you can you be my <laughs> yes. Date? Yeah, as Great. far as email goes, I I want to say that Ooh. was actually almost all of the new emails. Okay, I I'm just rather disappointed in myself. I have nothing but a bucket of fail to talk about, and uh, I was hoping to get virtual machines running on my Raspberry Pi four, and that didn't work. And I was playing with Docker on another thing, and it used to work, and now it doesn't. It's a complex app. It's not Docker. It's the app. It had to do with, you know, versions of libraries that it's pulling in. But, yeah. So, uh, I've, technically, I've had a highly disappointing several weeks. You sound like a McLaughlin there. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Okay. Um, and I will say, I did miss an email, and here's the reason why. The guy's name is Mark Bean, and when I saw the email from Mark Bean, I, I assumed it was a spam email from some fake person with like a name like Mr. Bean. Right. But I was completely wrong. Um, and the email goes, I did it, my first ever YouTube video, a unboxing of the Pinebook Pro, link provided. I wish it were better, but it certainly could have been worse. Thank you for the tips. I will try to add more if I get any type of re- response from the people interested in doing more that that's regards mark and he George. on the video like thanked us oh, for what cool. input that we gave did you share that video out where would i share it out at considering i'm not on any social media like an email like the old-timey email well he sent it to minipc at ponus.com and i'm sorry if you have that email not coming in through your email provider because i do have it forwarding to ask no, the cable I, guy I, and I, flying rich yeah, and and that's why I'm asking because I do remember looking at that. I think it was uh, it wasn't recent. Recent uh, was it like Halloween. a week, week and a half ago? Yeah, yeah. So, and I will say the link will be in the email. I will say number one, number two, Mark. Thank you very much for the shout out. Number three, Mark. Trust me, I watched at least fifteen unboxing videos for the Pinebook Pro. You were extremely better than the average, is what I'll, I'll say, because most of them were horrible video quality, horrible video angles, hardio audio quality, and horrible input into what they were actually seeing. So you did extremely well compared to those other people. Again, link will be in the notes. The only thing I will say that I would like to see, to be honest, is game emulation booting up lockup, plugging in a USB controller and seeing how is the game performance and like r roughly will it last, you know, six to eight, eight hours. It would be nice if it would, but I don't know because the Pinebook Pro is not known for extreme amounts of battery life. Uh, I will say I did appreciate him showing the actual physical device because if you go to Pine64 and you look at their store and you look at the pictures of the device, they show you nothing up close to the sides and the back of the device to let you know what ports are going to be on it, um, hey, where he actually did. I, I'm a little disappointed. I just clicked on the link. It says video unavailable. Uh, this video has been removed by the user. Well, well, that sucks most definitely. Uh, I will see if I can contact him again directly and see if we can um, get a link because I would definitely like to share the link. Yeah, if this is, let's see, I got this Friday, November 8th, if that's the same link. No, I said oh, okay. Halloween, because right. it was Halloween. Maybe it's the wrong link then, sorry. And the internet is fantastic, you sent me the correct link. 
Yeah, there you go. The LinkedIn note. So I definitely want to thank you again for the uh, shout out, Mark. Um, and I will say what I would like to see here is just his overall general satisfaction with the device and how can you use it as a daily driver? Is it applicable to answer emails or can you do more? Kids are actual some sort of content creation, some sort of editing, some sort of actual professional use case that you find that you can do on such a device or is it really just good for terminal type usage and email type usage? That's the question I have for you, Mark. And I'm far too lazy to put that kind of thing in a YouTube comment. So I'm just going to say it on a, uh, you know, YouTube video. Okay. So I liked his video. I subscribed and yeah, yeah, Dor, you got a couple of comments there. Uh, I'll have to add a comment. Yeah, I definitely subscribed. Click the plus, click the bell, all the gimmick things that people want you to do. Okay, um, I will say another one of the things that I just wanted to mention, like offhandedly is kind of thing, is that um, friend of the show, friend of the network, and to be honest, a guy that I have to consider a friend because he's just two nights of a guy, and he's the kind of guy where if I were able to go overseas, I would happily uh, you know, fly into his local area and hang with him, and that is uh, Nightwise did a video of the Nightwise uh, podcast where he actually went over diet pie. Um, oh. I will say I'm extremely, extremely happy to hear other people recognize and notice diet pie. Without sounding stupid, we've mentioned it now for probably over two years. Diet pie is the crack. It is so stupid easy to use so easily one of the most functional distributions i've used on desktop server or single board computer i'm really happy to hear other people jumping on it and i will say as i did mention on the latest linux for the rest of us not only can you download diet pie specifically for the odroid c2 not just for the odroid n2 not just for the raspberry pi 4 not just for the friendly arm nano pi neo and so forth and so on but you can download it as for a vm or as a native x86 install and because of diet pi dash backup diet pi dash restore that means you can literally install it on any device get it how you feel comfortable running do a backup install it on a lesser device and then do a restore and you have everything up and running just like you did on the more advanced more um a powerful computing module. Oh, I didn't think about doing that. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it to me, it makes it so much easier. I don't want to say to develop because that's a really strong word. It allows you to build your ecosystem up on a more advanced operating system with, you know, an x86 processor, dual Xeon processor, 128 gigs of RAM, blah, 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 blah what you want up and running in a nice fashion and then simply back up and restore it on an even Raspberry Pi 2 if you want. And, and you don't have to worry about taking the time to go through a lesser hardware and build everything to how, how you like. In some things like um, Plex, let's see. So Plex Sonar Radar used to be very hard to install. It used to be a big chore to install. And that, that was really any of these complex installs that need a lot of libraries, 
uh, were used to be very difficult to do. And with with uh, diet pie, it's just one button click. You know, basically you're checking a box. It's an end curse, so you're not checking a box, but you hit space on it and uh, then scroll down. Probably the hardest thing with diet pie, depending on what screen you're working on, is to scroll down after you selected everything you want and find where it says install now. Uh, that's probably the hardest thing about it because I that was one of my stumbling blocks because it wasn't on the screen and I'm like now what do I do I checked all the boxes that I for the items I want but I've done a couple of videos on it so I'll, I'll pimp my site if you go to flyingrich.com uh, and if you search for diet pie you're definitely going to find at least a couple of videos on how to do diet pie and uh, headless install which I haven't tried in a while we so lots of love to diet pie. I I had some email correspondences with a guy, and he's like, yeah, this is going to be late because my, my kid sat on my glasses. And I'm like, you only have one pair of glasses? Uh, so he doesn't sound like he's rolling in dough or anything like that. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate all of the effort and work that he's going through to deliver a product to us like he does. So it, if you do have the ability to contribute, I, I he has, you know, like PayPal and stuff like that, right? Which guy? Uh, diet pie. Oh, I'm sure he does. Well, let me rephrase that. He should. This is 2019. This is late 2019. He should have a Patreon, and he should have a PayPal, and he should have a Flatter, and he should have everything set up ready to roll. Okay, so he does have Patreon and PayPal and Bitcoin. So if you go to dietpie.com and there's a donate tab, de definitely throw some ducats his way because he is doing really good work and making our lives much easier. Yeah, and I will have links in the notes to Diet Pie Pine Book unboxing from Mark and Nightwise episode, a, um, a um, slice of Diet Pie. I'll make sure to have the link in the notes also to the Diet Pie Patreon. I will say I have no problem admitting when I'm incompetent. In fact, it's one of the things I think I do fantastically as a government employee. Um, <laughs> and I've been incompetent in not supporting Diet Pie and how I really should Dude. support Diet Pie. Yeah, I, I'm just doing that right now. I'm uh, sending him some bucks from PayPal. Right, but uh, speaking of in, speaking of incompetence, um, what, what I would then ask you is, um, since so many podcasts out there do an unbelievably incompetent job of talking about other podcasts, um, is there any other podcast out there, quick tangent, that you listen to, that you like, that actually talks anything about mini computers? Um, I, I got to confess that I'm pretty bad on things. Other than uh, the Door-to-Door -door Geek podcast, I don't list any tech podcasts. Well, is there any um, um, YouTube channels that you subscribe to besides oh, the flipping okay. crazy Mick and the crazy fingernail guy who won't clip his fingernails oh, with ETA a horrible Prime. ball cut? So, okay, uh, in Mick I, you know, PM'd him on Twitter a week or two ago, and he, he's been slammed with work and a couple of things going on. <laughs> well, like, in hey. real life. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? Uh, so always nice on, on the DMs on the Twitter. And uh, I, I appreciate, see, different people reviewing the same thing uh, is always interesting because they have different takes on it. Uh, he does a lot of very technical things. Um, so he'll do the phronics testing 
and he'll get down pretty deep into you know the GPU power consumption, heat, etc. on a device. So I, I do appreciate uh, the things that he does. Um, they, and I think everybody has a little bit of an edge. You know, there's a reason to watch any of those people that you named. And uh, yeah, when, when they have a new video out, I, I definitely watch that. Yeah, I will say Mickmake goes into the GPIO and the ins and outs, the, the IO insanely more than anybody else. Explaining computers gives you maybe the greatest high level experience of everything out there in every shape, way and form, and then does decent benchmarking test uh, where ETA prime gives you as hard of a look as he can possibly imagine on any single thing, whether it be a RK 3399 board or something related around Android and gaming. I will say, he goes a little bit harder on the gaming aspect of all these mini computers and the Android aspect of these mini computers. But it's a question of what do you like? Um, I will say, even when I start one of those guys' videos, and even when I know 20% into the video, I don't want to watch anything else about this video, I will still give them a thumbs up and I will still let the video complete. So YouTube thinks I watch the whole video. <laughs> just because I want to encourage them to keep putting out more product because 99.9999999999% of everything put up to YouTube is garbagey crap that I never want to watch for the rest of my life. Where their stuff is stuff that I'm just not interested in at that moment in time. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it wasn't focused towards my individual needs. Where there are plenty of Make videos where I find intriguing Plenty of explaining computers videos that, that I find utterly informative and plenty of ETA Prime videos where I want to spend friggin' money, but I don't. I've been really good. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting towards the Christmas season. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I've been looking at personal toys and uh, one of them I looked at it today was a GoPro knockoff and yesterday was a Mavic knockoff. Like, yeah, they, they suck. And well, they're I, knockoffs for a reason. Mm -hmm, yep. Yeah, I, I'd rather spend the money and get something I'm going to be happy with instead of getting something that's going to yell, you're a cheap, you know what. Right. Um, one link I did want to just throw out there, Rich, is uh, 1062 in the notes. Um, and anybody who knows me knows this is not the kind of thing that I want to talk about, not the kind of thing that I find exciting or exhilarating whatsoever, but it's the kind of thing that I feel like I have to talk about because the clock is ticking on its time coming. It's only a matter of time, I think, before this will actually make some genuine inroads into popular devices, and that is Plasma Mobile. Um, they're putting out weekly updates, kind of like Pine64 puts out the monthly updates. Plasma is putting out weekly updates that, to be honest, are a little bit more difficult to grok, is the word I'm going to use, where you have to like really know the ecosystem and know the coding and know the hurdles that they face to really understand what they're talking about. But this was one of their updates where they actually provided good screenshots. And what I'm going to say is, on mini computing devices, not just phones... Plasma Mobile is making incredible amounts of headway that I don't think people are really going to even know about 
until we have low end devices like the Pi end, uh, like the Pine phone to come out, mm-hmm. come out to have these on. We're and here's the long and the short of it, Rich. The stupid Librem phone can really go to hell in a handbasket. It's not going to exist in like four months because nobody's buying the thing because nobody's spending $800 on a phone as a hobby. Okay. Right. It's great that they did it. And I'm sure there are nerds out there in Saudi Arabia with gold Volkswagens and gold Lamborghinis and whatever, who are buying these phones and congratulations to them. But nobody in the real world is buying a prism phone period. We're, there are already lesser devices on the the market. There's been Linux phones available in the third world now for over two years. We here in the first world just don't know about them. With the introduction of the Pine phone, we're going to start getting introduced to these more low-end options, is what I'm going to say. And with solutions like Plasma Mobile being available for these solutions, I honestly cannot wait to where this ecosystem is going to be in like two years, because I can see rich literally spending 35 to $45 on like a six inch tablet for your house to put on a wall. That will be insanely functional and reliable and actually work without insane DRM and lockdown and what everything that we experienced today. Yeah. I, well, that was the advent uh, because like the IBM PC was, $2,000 had 8K of RAM and nothing else. Or, you know, you had a floppy drive or two floppy drives, so you didn't have to swap disks uh, between the OS and the program. It, and I think that that was the big deal when you had a Brand X, a generic, a Compaq, an HP, or whatever, that you didn't, that there was competition in the field. Um, I'm looking at install. Now, what how do I know what device I can install this on? I don't know if you explained properly that Plasma Mobile is an operating system for phones. Yeah, it's a interface on phones that right now you can basically install on, let's just say nothing. Because the likelihood you have a device in your pocket, anybody out there, even if we get 2 million downloads for this episode next week, there might be 30 people in the world where you can download Plasma Mobile and install it on your device. because. You need a device like the Nexus 5 to be able to install this kind of thing. Um, the support for this is not grand and great, but I will say it will be much greater and grander with time permitting. Um, uh, and and, and I'm, I'm going to put it like this, Rich. 11.11 um, just passed. Us, stupid, because, you know, I got to be self discriminating here at times stupid americans have no idea about singles day singles day 11 11 oh yeah november 11th alibaba set another record selling 38 billion dollars worth of goods on 11 11 what now what can happen is what i believe in the next two years we are going to see Items being sold at such a place at such a time in such a number that are going to have a lot of open source software stacks on them. It's going to mean that those developing in the open source environment will have such grand numbers of people accessing their ecosystem that it's going to make their product even more valuable is the only way I can put it. Um, Because like, I believe the Pine phone is going to come out very shortly and in less than 18 months after that we're going to have major manufacturers like show me 
like Oppo, these other companies putting out genuine Linux type de- devices, not Samsung, because Samsung doesn't do anything until there's billions of dollars at, at stake. But I believe there's going to be other companies putting out these smaller devices with genuine Linux operating systems on it that are going to have such vast array of software on it because all the hacking that's going to happen for the next two years, it's going to be actually pretty damn entertaining, if I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I I think we're diverging or being a little more diverse with with our ecosystem. As I sit at my uh, crash pad desk here, I, I've got a Chromebook, a Mac Pro, and a Pi 4, basically all working as desktop uh, devices or, yeah. Yeah, and so, I do think all of the mini board computers are getting much closer and closer to being genuine desktop-like operating systems. Yeah, and uh, it, it's funny. By work, uh, we just had a Rara event yesterday, and boy, and if if I talk about this, I don't know if I'm giving too much away, but I don't think HR understands what the virtual infrastructure team does, or or what many of the other support. And, and I don't want to say support infrastructure teams do, you know, like networking, security, storage. I, I, I don't think they, because the only thing they mentioned in, you know, they're talking to the IT group is tech support and, you know, like phone calls and support incidents. It's like, yeah, that's not what we do. That's, you know, maybe there's, I don't know how many people in my organization versus other teams do that, but you know, running around giving the the guys that give you tech support kudos. It, not not that it's saying I'm saying it's the wrong thing. It's definitely right, but not acknowledging the other teams is kind of a mistake. And that's where we use the term. It used to be uh, diverse, but that now they're saying inclusive is the new term that they're using. And I'm relating that to different form factor devices, operating systems, and you know, diverse devices being inclusive in people's ecosystems, personal ecosystems. I will say one of the things I enjoyed when I worked like hard in tech was not being appreciated because, (laughs) because I liked being the underdog. I liked people underestimating my ability. I liked people not knowing my names. I liked people not realizing what kind of magic was going on the back end because to me, that meant the people that did realize what was going on were special. They were educated. They were accomplished. They they actually comprehended the actual ecosystem. And those were the people I chose to respect. Having people on the front line of executives being people who actually understand tech is something I am not wanting in any shape, way, or form. I don't want them to know my name. I don't want them to understand what I'm doing. I want them to be as far away from the tech as possible. You deal with the PR. You deal with the other networking events. You deal with the other circumstances and just let me do my job was always my mentality. So it, it sounds like you read Sun Tzu. Um, the, the Pine Phone Brave, what is the price on that? That's the one that they expect to have a launching price of 100 to $125. I believe $125. But after 
the it is launched and after everything is a go, $150 for the event. And if you take a look at the renders, if you take a look at everything that they're showing about the device, it looks unbelievably competent if you were looking at phones admittingly 18 months to two years old because it has a forehead, it has the bezel, and it has the chin where modern phones typically don't have that. Uh, the launch pre for pre-orders is one day and five hours away when we record this. And I hate to say this, Rich, I'm 99% sure I don't have the money to pre-order this, and I'm moderately upset. Yeah, I'm uh, restructuring my debt uh, very actively right now. And uh, I, if I start spending again, it's just going to be you know pouring salt into the wound. I'd like to get one of these things. I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to buy you one so you can review it. That's no, what I'd no, like no, to no, do. No, 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 no. First, stop saying that. Number two, the reason I can't afford it is because I will, I do not actively go out of my way to soil these episodes and to soil shows on the network with plagiarism of products that I don't believe in. Um, Number one. Number two. They honestly, in my opinion, launched this at a horrible time of the year. If it was two CMS? years earlier when they took this pre-order, I would have been much better. But to launch it so close to the Christmas holiday season is a little bit stressful to me. Hmm. But I will say this. The logic that I, my, my hope is I don't care when the pre-order happens. I know they're not going to ship this thing, I believe, until next February. My goal is before next February, because if you don't remember, Rich, we went over this very same thing last year where it was around the holiday season and we were saying that they're not going to ship this until whatever, whatever. It's all circular. It all happens over again. My hope is around January 20th to January 30th, maybe February 1st, I'll be able to actually order one of these and hopefully have it before April because my real hope is to do 99.999% of my mobile computing on this device and only have my podcast player on my Android device because I require now 5X variable speed playback. Five and X. I am damn sure, yes, I do. And I am damn sure this Pine phone will not give me 5X variable speed playback. <laughs> Rich, I tell you. On the low end, I listen to about 20 hours of podcast a day. On the high end, it's about 40 hours of podcast every day. And it's not just tech stuff. A huge percentage is not tech related. Wow. Uh, I'm crazy impressed. All right. So what's Jonathan Nadeau listening at? Uh, on podcast, he's on up to 5X. But on audiobooks, I believe he's around 14X. 14. Wow. In... Yeah. Well, he has dedicated hardware that can do that. So I listen to stuff, I might listen to some stuff at 2x, but usually it's somewhere in between like 1.5 and 2. It, in Voxer messages, I listen to at 3x. Voxer can't be fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, and the one thing I will beg everybody out there, because I don't know, I, I know I don't have to say this to Rich, and I don't I don't have to say this to Brian. Is do not get too stuck on the specs of the Pine phone, because you cannot compare the specs that they offer versus the specs of the latest Samsung Galaxy phone or the latest Apple phone, because 
the Android ecosystem, none of the hardware is expressly designed for the software and none of the software is expressly designed for the hardware. With the Apple ecosystem, all of the software is designed for the hardware. None of the hardware is designed for the software. That's the truth. With the Pine phone, everything is designed for each other. The hardware is designed for the software and the software is designed for the hardware. Thus, when you hear the phone only has two gigs of RAM, trust me when I tell you it's the equivalent to putting two gigs of RAM in a laptop and loading up an extremely lightweight desktop measuring only 320 by 480. You're going to see actually decent results. You're not going to see insane results. You're not going to be able to have neural networking or machine learning or AI on your Pine phone, but you'll be plenty impressed with doing normal graphical things on your Pine phone. Um, so don't get hung up on the you know stats, the specs. And I'll say this: I'm really happy that no one from Pine 64 has ever contacted me and ever offered me anything. Because I can tell you, everybody right now downloading and listening, they have not in any way directly tried to influence anything I've said. And I tell you right now, if they did try to contact me and influence anything I said, I would happily record such a occurrence because I will happily turn them down. I will happily turn anybody down. I am not here to be bought. I am not here to be bartered with. I am not here to be negotiated with. I am not here to have my personal opinion swayed. If what they put out in this Pine phone is junk, let me guarantee you if I get one in my hands and it's junk, you, the listener, will be really quick to know it. But I actually have pretty high expectations that, that this device is going to be Fairly useful, fairly functional, but very hackable. You know what? Um, and you brought to mind something. I've got a the original Pine book, and I'd like to give it away to somebody. So, if there's a listener that that's interested in it, either you know contact me through Podnuts or go to FlyingRich.com and hit the contact me, and I'll just kind of pick somebody at random, and because I'm not. I think it's a really good product. I'm just not using it, and I, I'd like to give it a good home. I actually understand, Rich, because I got the Rock Pro 64 sitting back here on the ground. I have a Rock 64 sitting there doing nothing. I have a, a Rock 64 sitting here doing something. I have an Odroid C2 sitting there doing nothing. If you don't have a use case for something, it makes it really hard to use it. And if someone has a use case for it, it's much better that it gets used than not used. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a uh, good point to that. And, and yeah, I've got the N2 at home that's been powered off for a long time. And, and I do have the, uh, the Pine 64 Pro that's been powered off for a while. But I was doing cool stuff with it. I just stopped. Um, I'm definitely thinking about swapping out my... Odroid XU4 for the Odroid N2 because I uh, just think it's a better device all the way around and I think the the Odroid XU4 is still doing pretty good I I'd probably I don't know if it's the operating system of course I'm running uh, Diet Pie on it but the fan cycles on and off a lot I'll, I'll see the temperature peak and then drop peak and then drop and, and I'm a little little surprised at that and, and the Odroid N, N2 doesn't get hot 
Yeah, the N2, I've heard at least three or four people comment on, and none of them has said anything remotely bad about it. I will say, I don't think it's optimal if you want to have it connected to a huge TV, like an 80-inch TV, and you want to stream 4K videos. But to do any kind of server load, any kind of hard back-end operation, it seems like the N2 is extremely hard to beat for the price. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think as a complete package, you know, the case, the power supply, uh, I think it's a super deal. Very cool. Um, one other thing that caught my eye, Rich, um, in the notes, it looks like it's maybe 1063. Uh, and it's basically entitled, it's a medium article is what I'll say. And it's called Hack the Planet with Chimerica. GUI. And I will say, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right, because I think it's trying to appear like a Russian tool, even though if you take a look at the GitHub and you take a look at the providers and you take a look at everyone putting code towards it, none of them are even Russian. I don't know what they're trying to do with this. But what this basically started out as a network discovery tool that then promoted itself to being a more of a graphical user interface on discovery and management. Um, when I took a look at this, Rich, I'll just say this. I like the fact that somebody was allowing me to put something on a domain, hitting enter, and then having it basically go out and blast everything on every subnet and pull back every piece of information on everything that it could find and give me search results, queries, where I could very easily distinguish, is this an Android device? Is this a computing type device? Is this a stupid smart screen kind of device? Or what's going on on my network? Um, and what kind of ports are open? This will actually help you filter down and say everything on this uh, subnet has like RDP access. Everything on this network has web access, has 443 access, has port 21 access kind of thing. It was actually a kind of eye-opening experience is what I'm going to say when I read this. But I will say it also does things on the quote-unquote greater internet that I think if I was a security professional... I would have a lot of fun with, but being someone who doesn't like federal prison, I purposely do not point this at anything that I don't own. Yep, yep. Yeah, I I took a look at it when you emailed me, but I wasn't home and I wasn't able to uh, uh, try it out. But I, I guess I could now because well, I did finally set up a jump box at home that I can access all the time. Very cool. This is the kind of tool I will honestly warn people that, you know, like in knowing you, Rich, I'll put it like this. You don't just hand somebody a 357 and say, go ahead, shoot that thing over there because they're going to hurt themselves because the kickback on a 357, if you're not prepared for it, can literally cause you to go to an ER. The kickback on a tool like this is the kind of thing where if you're not educated at first or you're not really apprehensive about it at first, you might find yourself in a little bit of trouble is what I'm going to say. Um, this is the kind of, honestly, tool, I hate to say it, Rich, I love seeing available to normal people. It isn't that I want to see people go to jail or be in trouble with the law. 
But I love this kind of information being available to anybody willing to look at it, is the way that I'll put it. Um, on my own home network, I was able to run it. And to be honest, there were two devices on my network that I completely forgot about that were on my network that I re I was reminded I'm not happy that they're on my network. So I immediately just said neither of them are going to get an IP address ever again until somebody else in the family complains. <laughs> so let, let me ask you, did you just do a pip3 install space dash r space requirements dot text and that did the install? That sounds a After right. pulling it down from GitHub. Yeah, that definitely sounds right. That sounds like what I did. Um, and for those listening on audio only, it's K, but it's a backwards K, but you can type in K-A-M-E-R-K-A space G-U-I. K-A-M-E-R-K-A space G-U-I. Uh, I'll just say this. It's a very interesting tool. Um, what I did install it on, Rich, I will say was a very, 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 very fresh operating system that after using it for like 20 minutes, I immediately nuked and paid and got rid of because I wasn't sure I was completely comfortable with something like this on my network with such power. Right. Yep. Makes sense. So uh, while we were talking, my daughter called me and asked me if I opened the garage door. And I'm like, no, the garage door auto closes at 9.55 p.m. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, there were two links I wanted to also make sure I talked about, Rich. 1068 and 1069. I'm not sure if you saw these either. Um, it might be better to for you to look at 1069 is what I'm going to say. I don't remember if we talked about this. Yuna host, Y-U-N-O-H-O-S-T. Hmm. No, it doesn't look familiar. I'm clicking through to the demo right now. Yeah, this is like a ecosystem is the way that I will put it. Um, where their goal is to make it easy for you to install, but also for you to manage a bunch of different applications, explicitly, I will say, server applications. Uh, and they do intend on your applications to be, from what I gather, literally public facing. So you install this on a device, a Raspberry Pi or an x86 computer, you log in through the admin console, you can then easily go in through the applications on the uh, interface and say, install WordPress, install Mumble, install all these other kinds of application, Apache. Um, and by default, if you go through the um, demo, I, I believe it's in a, another language, just saying. Um, but you can install all these applications and have them easily, quote unquote, accessible, even tiny, tiny RSS from a public-facing IP address. I thought of this as almost like allowing you to be like a ISP in a box. That is very cool. And in a way, it kind of overlaps with uh, DiaPi. In a way, it overlaps with that. In a way, it also overlaps with FreedomBox. In a way, it also mm -hmm. overlaps with the other FreedomBox alternative that we got emailed now about three episodes ago um and i love seeing competition in this ecosystem of allowing you as an end user to simply install applications on any device but have those applications being accessible by people outside of your own ecosystem 
I think this is the beginning of the way that we as end users, uh, dare I say, as advanced end users, begin to take back some of the control, take back some of the intellectual property, take back some of the control from the huge social networks that currently exist. I don't know if this is going to be successful or not, but I really would like it to have at least some success. Do you know what language it's written in? I honestly believe most of it was in Python. Um, I will say this. If you take a look at the uh, end user demo uh, interface, I found it honestly really easy to use. It almost looks like a periodic table with big, huge buttons with like NE equaling oh, yeah. next cloud, uh, RO equaling round cube, giving people a easier way to access kind of advanced applications. Okay, so it's saying minimum requirements, 500 megahertz CPU, 512 megs of RAM, 1 gig recommended, 8 gigs of storage, 32 gigs recommended for mail, documents, etc. But I, I'm wondering, because I, I do have hosting with an ISP, I'm wondering if I can upload it there. Uh, I can almost guarantee you if you have a VSP or a hosting provider, you can. It might be a touch... I don't want to say sketchy, but you might have to do a little bit of extra work to have the firewall rules set correctly. Right. So the guest can only access the guest functions and you, the administrator, can only access the administrator functions. Looks cool. I that That's another one I want to put on my list of, hey, let's give it a test drive, see how it is. And they have an installation for a Raspberry Pi. Oh, of course. I mean, if you don't support the Raspberry Pi in November 2019, you as a software developer, just hang it up just start to go to strip clubs or something because you don't belong in software development. I'm halfway there. That makes fun of I don't go to the strip clubs. Um, yeah, that, that's a cool find. Okay. Um, last link I really have, Rich, I'll say is line 1072. Um, we here at Podnuts have mentioned more than a couple times the uh, Flirk case, F-L-I-R-C. Uh, in my humble opinion, is what I will say, the Flirt case uh, for the Raspberry Pi 2, Raspberry Pi 3 was among the best experiences I've ever had with a Raspberry Pi in the case and temperature control and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I will say if you go to the uh, MagPi article where they're reviewing the Raspberry Pi 4 case, they uh, have a set of commands that they run to do stress testing on it and they admit that it was um, normal idle temperature, 28 degrees. It got up to 46 degrees uh, during its test. Then they overclocked the Raspberry Pi, and it idled at 41. And then doing the test, it took it up to 67 degrees centigrade. Uh, I will say, if you go to youtube.com slash geek, I did put a video up today, uh, a.k.a. November 11th, where I did actually show a little bit of uh, streaming off from the Raspberry Pi, and I did a little stress testing on the Raspberry Pi using the ice tower cooler, which I will admit is expensive. I couldn't get the temperature above, I want to say it was 38 degrees, 39 degrees centigrade. So for them to give the this case an 8 out of 10 to me is no, no. I would give this case maybe a 6 out of 10 if you're comparing it to the ice tower cooler, because the ice tower cooler, I cannot get it above 40 degrees centigrade, no matter what I do. To me, this flirt case, while being maybe one of the better um, passive 
heat sink cases on the market, if that's the best it can do, in my humble opinion, that is not acceptable numbers. So Lucy, uh, Lucy Hatter Siddeley, the hell, I'm sorry, what the hell kind of name is that? <laughs> Lucy, I'll say you're wrong. Uh, at the best, this should get a 6 out of 10. Now, if your primary uh, like ruling stick is how does it look, how does it form, how does it feel in the hand, how does it fit in physically to your ecosystem, if that's what you're really going after, yes, this is absolutely an 8 out of 10. But if you're really only worrying about the functionality and the health of the Raspberry Pi, there is no way the Flirt case should even get a 6 out of 10 in my retarded Maryland Baltimore on humble opinion. Um, and I own at least two flirt cases and I have them on devices right now. I will never have one on a raspberry Pi four. Well, I, I know ETA prime did some testing with the raspberry Pi four in the flirt case and he was complimentary to it. I'm sure. Cause he got it for free. And I said, <laughs> ETA prime <laughs> dare. I dare you to call me up four, four, three, six, four, zero, eight, nine, six, zero. Um, I've I've been using heat sinks and uh, is it forty mil and eighty millimeter fans or sixty millimeter fans? I, I did a couple of videos on that and they work incredibly well and are very low price. Now I haven't printed up any cases for my pies. I'll have to get my three D printer working again for that. But yeah, the I don't think you have to spend a whole lot of money uh, to keep your pie cool. And I, I did one video. I think it was like. Cool your pie four for three bucks, I think. Well, it depends on what you call cool. I will say that. Well, keep it below thermal throttling. And I, and when I say keep it below thermal throttling, keep it by, below thermal throttling by a large margin. Yeah, I'll say I have not seen anybody offer any passive cooling that can come close to keeping the Raspberry Pi 4 from throttling. So, okay, I don't know if I have, I don't. I have this in the notes, but um, I saw something. You remember the Coral, Coral, however they want to say it? So there's uh, TPUs, uh, like they call it tensor processing units. So it's for machine learning AI. And I think the, the Coral USB stick was, was it like 75 bucks, something like that? Yep. Well, if if you troll through CNX software, there was a Orange Pi uh, TPU type device. And I was like, yeah, I'm not getting that. Because I was trying to figure out the libraries for it and how to make it work and all that. And it just didn't seem too fruitful. And I'm not saying it's a bad device. I'm just saying that with something like a Google supported device out there with already software for your Raspberry Pi to run it, it just doesn't seem like the correct direction to spend your time on, even if you're saving better than half the cost. Yeah, I, I agree. If you want functionality and support, uh, you don't go for an Orange Pi neural computing stick. If you want as affordable a solution as possible, you go with that. I See, I think it would be great if you developed a product and you have the software already written and you need to combine software and hardware together. All right, so the Orange Pi AI Stick Lite Neural Compute Stick uh, ships with free training tools, and it's $19.99. And I don't know, I, I didn't compare the numbers, so they talk about power usage and uh, tops, I guess that's TensorFlow operations. 
Um, I didn't compare it to the Corral, Coral, whatever. But just because I can pretty much throw a key in it, start it, and get it running, I, I wouldn't want to go with anything other than the, the Coral or Corral, however you want to say it. The, of course, the cheap part of me wants to try this out, but I'm like, ooh, it's only 20 bucks. But I, I don't think I want to go there. Which I've probably talked about a number of times. One of the things, the evolution that I want to get to on my home automation and is I need to swap out the NVR, which is what they call the network video recorder, because it doesn't give me RTSP streams out. And I want to send those RTSP streams to a device with uh, AI ML built in. So the Coral would be a good device for that. And be able to do, uh, basically identify motion from motion and a person, and then to do facial recognition, like, hey, that's a family member, or hey, that's a UPS truck. So one, I know uh, when I got a delivery, and two, I know when there's a friendly on my property. But that's that's my goal for you know machine learning in AI. And again, being that I haven't finished doing all sorts of reviews and video work for what the Odroid N2 and the uh, uh, Pine 64 Pro, I'll uh, I'll have to throw that idea on the back burner. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Odor, I, you found that fast. Yeah, I know. Um, I do believe that this Orange Pi AI stick could be in extreme air quotes with a lot of asterisks next to it, could be extremely beneficial and extremely useful to somebody, but the ecosystem will not be there compared to any Google TensorFlow UI compute stick module or any Intel compute stick module. But do I think that the Google one will be eight times better or 10 times better? I don't know. Right. Because right. the price is about eight times more. Um, if you are willing to put the time in, and that's a whole question of how much is your time worth? If you're able to put the time into research and doing personal development, I do believe these orange pie sticks could be a game changer. But right now, I honestly don't foresee people being that price restrictive to make it a big difference. I think there are people out there who are going to buy these kinds of cheaper AI modules. They're going to put a lot of work into it. They're going to get something beneficial out of it. But unfortunately, in 18 months or 24 months, when the next one comes out, they're going to have to scrap everything they did and start again over. Yeah, and I hate to you know fall, and I would say... Going with Google is the easy sheeple decision, and I hate to be that way, but when I look at the amount of time I spend trying to make ARM virtualization work, you know, the tens of hours, or the tens of hours I've spent on some sort of Docker project um, on free stuff that I didn't even have to pay for, it's kind of insulting to pay 20 bucks and then spend another, you know, 30, 40 hours trying to make it work, whereas... You spend seventy four ninety nine. You download something, and hopefully, it just spins up and works. Yeah, I do think it's um, especially in the first world, time versus money, convenience versus workload kind of thing. Okay, I definitely think we went over a lot of notes, Rich. I will say, you said around the first of the year that you said uh, one of your 
predictions was like an uh, Ryzen based single board computer. I'm pretty sure now we've seen at least three or four of them is what I'm going to say. So you're pretty much uh, hit spot on with that. I will say I'm not a fan of the Ryzen single board computers, but that's me. I'm a nerd that likes Intel graphics. I can see in another 14, 16 months, the operating systems being so personalized towards these Ryzen devices that you'll be able to literally buy a device for less than 190 to 230 bucks with a Ryzen chipset on it, put a dedicated operating system on it, and have the best gaming experience you've ever even imagined in your life playing the most different ecosystems that anyone has ever imagined uh, and simply just having everything quote unquote work. Well, that'll uh, cover me for the one I blew, which was there will be no Raspberry Pi 4 in 2019. Well, 2019 is almost over. Oh, and there was a Raspberry Pi 4. There was. Uh, I'm not sure it was game changing uh, as much as we wanted it to be. Well, I, I kind of, yeah. All right, I haven't, you know, really done donuts with my Raspberry Pi 4 yet, or the pair of them that I have. But I think the game-changing USB-C power, uh, two USB-C ports, full gig Ethernet, and two HDMI ports, I, I think that's that adds a lot of functionality uh, that wasn't there. I do think the functionality went up, but it was only one USB-C port, two USB-3 ports, and two display ports which i'm not sure i'm still a fan of because it's the micro or the mini hdmi yeah, it's the micro hdmi which yeah that's kind of a pain in the butt i really wish they would have you know done a double stack normal size hdmi i don't know if that connector exists but right um i will say i truly believe other people o, o droid and um pine are definitely catching up to the raspberry pi they're going to have to do something equally, if not more amazing in the next eight to nine months, or else they will, I think, officially be behind. Well, do you think, you know, we're in November, we can kind of talk predictions for next year. Do you think future Odroids or future um, Pine SBCs will have dual display ports now? And I'm betting they're going to have USB-C power. Well, I already have one Odroid with dual video out, technically three video out, because um, over USB-C, it did have DVI support. Um, oh, cool. I do have a Pine board, I thought, with two video out, but again, one of them was USB-C and DVI out. Um, I will say absolutely yes, but I'm afraid it won't be till the third or fourth quarter of 2020 till we see a dedicated odroid or pine board with an actual physical dedicated two io ports for video out i was just replying to red dwarf out there i just want to say hey buddy how's it going um yeah the uh the the future is looking really good i mean i i definitely think if if you think of the raspberry pi product as the chevy 350 not that it's a great engine, but it's the one everybody parts for. Or it's kind of the standard. Not that it's too good or too bad, but now everybody's got to either do better than it to have a better product out there. 
kind of like when we're talking about the TensorFlow and the Google Corral, that um, everybody, or there's going to be an amount of software out there to drive your Corel, Corel and make it work right. Whereas another product, it's going to be kind of tough. Yeah, I do believe that everyone has made headway on the Raspberry Pi Foundation. I'm not convinced that Raspberry Pi Foundation is dedicated enough to keep that headway and keep advancing more than other companies have. I've been wrong many times in my life. My wife will attest to that. But, you know, it's one of those things time will tell. Now, Jonas in the YouTube chat says, I think Raspberry Pi is Honda and Pine is Chevy. Okay. I got to think about that. I think that's like comparing the National Football League versus rugby teams. Uh, only a small percentage of the people actually, I think, will be able to comprehend that. I don't know. Um, do you have any more links that you would like to bring this week, Rich? Actually, there's one last link. And uh, if and unfortunately, I'm going to have to tell you to go to it. So if you go to CNX Software and look at their latest uh, item... So it's the Pikago, P-E-A-K-A-G-O, 7-inch Windows 10 fanless mini laptop launched for 269 and up on crowdfunding. So I'm guessing they have... Prime did a video for this today. Oh, yeah? Ah, I missed it then. I'm sure he's getting the early releases of stuff. Uh, He did, and I'll just say this. He was kind of disappointed in the device. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, okay, pricing, uh, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, 269. 8 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, 339. And 8 gigs, 128 gig with 4G processor. is 399. Uh, where's the processor? Specs. Intel Atom Cherry Tail Trail processor. Ding. And that's what EPA Prime said was basically holding this device back from being what he considered a good device. And I will say, in my experience, I don't care what kind of um, hard drive you have. I don't care what kind of I.O. you have on that hard drive. I don't care what kind of RAM you have. I don't care what kind of video you have. I don't care any of those things. If you have an Intel Atom processor, the likelihood you're going to be able to deliver a snappy um, environment is, I'll say, you have two chances of it happening. And that is slim and none. Did he try it with any other OS or was it just Windows 10? I believe it was just Windows 10. And if I believe correctly, the master boot record is actually locked and you're not installing any other operating system on it. Woof. That, that's kind of unfriendly. Yeah, I'll say I've had many the Intel Atom processors over the time. Um, I've never had an Intel Atom processor where I had to like do a double take and say to myself, self, is this an Intel Atom processor? Because this is really quick. Um, every time I've had an Intel Atom processor, I did something and I said, yeah, um, I'm going to click this and I'm going to wait anywhere from three to 30 seconds because this is an Intel Atom processor. Yeah, I just thought it was, you know, interesting. But so here's the problem. Um, if you're into something, let's see, for 300 bucks, 269, 300 bucks, Okay, my 15-inch refurb Chromebook uh, was $200. And I have maybe 4 gigs of RAM, I think, and whatever my internal storage is. 
But that's a highly functional backlit touchscreen blah device. And I, I always compare something like this to other devices that would easily fill the niche. And many laptops would also. You, in, if you're in the mid-threes, you probably can either get a convertible Chromebook or, or you know, a low-end laptop. Yeah, I'll say if you just want to compare prices, 300 bucks is not cheap um for 300 bucks typically you do not get cheap devices uh actually I, I, i'm wrong this, this was uh published a week ago from eta prime um is what i'll say um i'll say this if you're only thinking about a seven inch screen and i'll say this the bezels on this thing are huge uh gigantically huge it'd be um, comfortable in 1980 um the bezels are literally like an inch big around each side. Um, I would say it, if you liked your Zorus, this is what you want. If you only needed a seven inch computing device and you didn't care about the keyboard, I'll stipulate you can get something for easily half the price and be perfectly content with it compared to this. If you have to have an all in one form fitting keyboard and screen, it's not easy to get anything comparable, even if you go up to $500. Um, I'll say this is the kind of like use case is what I'll say is if you look at this thing and you say to yourself, self, this is exactly the device I need. You will be perfectly content and okay with it not being snappy fast uh, and you will get your money's worth. But if there's any hesitation, I will tell people an Intel Atom processor this will be a very slow, sluggish device, especially running Windows. In less than eight months, the amount of Windows updates that will be stored on this device will make it to where the defragmentation that will have to happen on a daily basis will render it uh, quite slow. Okay, just kind of dollar comparison and not necessarily a real apples-to-apples apples comparison. I'm looking on eBay. Microsoft Surface Pro 4, I'm not sure what version they're up to. Uh, 12.3 inch, 4 gigs of RAM, 128 gig SSD, 219. So here you have something touch screen, 14 inch. I, I'm not saying, you know, you need a 14 inch. My old eyes, I do. But maybe somebody else, one of you young whippersnappers out there, the uh, Zorus-like thing would be good for you. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like the idea of this. I just wish it had something more than Intel Atom on it. And I wish the price, because to be honest, with an Intel Atom, I would have hoped this device to be closer to 220 device to $240, not as much as it was. Oh, I, I was just scrolling back, closing Windows, and I'm looking at the Uno host that we talked about. It says, does not currently work on Raspberry Pi 4. Will work on the Pi 0, 1, 2, or 3. Yeah, I do know it was Pi 3 compatible, because that was the one that I installed it on. I only have one Pi 4. I'm being kind of ginger with it. Um, I will say this is not the only thing. Um, about a third of the things I've looked at in the last two weeks that I figured would have Raspberry Pi support, I was almost shocked that we're not Raspberry Pi supported. So I'm, I will say something, I don't want to say drastically, has changed between the three and the four, but a lot of software apparently requires some heavy lifting to be uh, Pi 4 compatible. Oh, I didn't realize that. I had no idea. Um, it was that, and there was a couple emulators I was looking at where they all insisted 
they were only uh, three compatible. All right, Rich, uh, do you have any uh, last uh, links you want to tell people to uh, look at if they want to catch up with you? Yeah, well, flyingrich.com, if I haven't mentioned it four or five times. Uh, one, you can see all the podcasts that I'm on, and you can see my YouTube channel, and you can click and subscribe and follow me on Instagrams and all those kinds of thingies. Also, you can do the contact me if you want to drop me a note, tell me I suck, or you really like what I do. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and I will tell everyone, if you want to, do not hesitate. Uh, you can send us an email at minipc at podnuts.com. Uh, if you want to shoot us a voicemail, 7076podnut.com. If you want to shoot me an email directly, you can send one to either doordoorgeek at gmail.com or mail at podnuts.com. I want to thank everyone for their downloads. I want to thank everyone for their support. I want to thank everyone for their Patreons. I'm going to turn on the Patreons any second now. I know I've said that now for like three months. Um, I want to thank everyone for their support. And do not forget, this is a whole lot of uh, big talk for little machines. And if you want to partake in them, you can too. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to everyone again in, in about a week. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think.